is dismissed, and the rest of us, let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Proverbs, and we're going to try to get through chapter 2 tonight. Of course, if we go through the entire chapter, uh, we will have to uh, jump over a lot of things, but uh, uh, again, one of our hopes and prayers is that you're keeping up on your daily Bible reading schedule, and uh reading the book of Proverbs once a month and ask that the Lord would use this uh, time together on Sunday nights kind of as a uh, reminder and a refresher that as you read over the Proverbs, you will be encouraged and understand more of what is being spoken about here in this book of wisdom. And so chapter 2 is one of the shorter chapters in the book of Proverbs. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou shalt incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifteth up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth, I mean, for the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous, he is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shall, excuse me, verse 9, then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. And so, um, we, we're just going to stop right there. And what we have in the first part of this chapter is the effort that is going to be required, the work that is necessary, if you are going to have wisdom. Wisdom does not come naturally. Uh, sometimes people work very hard to be foolish. I mean, it's amazing how hard some people work at being uh, ignorant and, and refusing to understand what is set right before them. Uh, but if you're going to get wisdom, if you're going to have God's direction, He doesn't just give it to everybody. He, he does not just pour it out of heaven. Uh, you've got, you are expected to do some things. And here's what the writer says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. And so, the number one place where you got to start is you have to be willing to take God's instruction. And God doesn't always... Uh, I mean, His primary... Pri the main way he instructs us is through the Word of God. But let me ask you a question. Some of you, how many of you have memories from a time when you couldn't read? When you were a little child? How many of you got or received wisdom and counsel from your parents at different times? Just instruction. 
how many times I, I hope that you would have heard wisdom and counsel as you come and listen to the preaching of God's word and in the teens as they're down there and in the uh, the different programs, the toddler's church and the children's church. Uh, I'll tell you, people, sometimes you, you say, well, all I'm doing is teaching the little children. No, that is one of the most important things that can be done. You have no idea what is going into those little minds and hearts and how many times I could tell you stories from my own children of them asking questions or saying things and it had to have been uh, when they were very, very little sitting in Sunday school on Sunday morning. They heard the Bible stories. It went in there and years later, all of a sudden, something comes out and you're just standing there going, wow, where did that come from? And it's because it's going in and that's, that is the goal. You must receive instruction, and we've, we've talked about this. Every one of us could give examples of times when we had instruction, but we refused to receive it. Uh, it says to hide the commandments. Now, the idea of hiding them is not hiding them from someone else. It's thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It is making sure that they're part uh, of my very being. Uh, several years back, uh, Heartland had a uh, theme for their year, the warp and woof of Christianity. And uh, what that's talking about, the warp and the woof, one is the direction, the horizontal direction of fibers in a garment. The other is the vertical. I'd be hard-pressed to tell you. Uh, I think the warp runs this way and the woof goes up. I'm not sure. But uh, they use that as an illustration that I must be right with God and right with man. It's got to be woven into my life. And uh, I've always, you know, I used to wonder how they got all those beautiful designs in, in a piece of material. But so oftentimes it was the dyed thread that they put together in the right order. Now, how you get that done? I don't have a clue. But the idea of hiding those commandments is making sure that they're woven into our life. And now we come to verse 2. If you'll receive it, so, thou, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. Now, that word incline is an interesting word. It just means at an angle. Now, sometimes you go to the bakery and you get those wonderful little pastry things there. And when you're done, you incline the box so that you can get all the crumbs. Now, I know no one in here would ever do that, but uh, I have done that on occasion. I'll admit to it. Uh, you want the good parts. Now, what the idea here is, is to put it on a slant so that it moves in the right direction i.e. into your mouth. Amen? Well, it says you're supposed to put your ear on a slant so it moves in the right direction. You see, you and I cannot just grab a hold of wisdom and have it. It's a process. We've got to bend ourselves 
in that direction. I remember one preacher said this. It was uh, uh, a great... He says, you take the first step toward God and He'll take a step toward you. Only His steps are a little bigger than yours are. Amen? It is the idea of starting in that direction, making yourself willing. If, if we might use a modern analogy, it is warping yourself to the Word of God. If you've ever seen one of those uh, ships, they have all those, the old ships have the beautiful rounded wood bottoms. How did they do that? Well, they had to warp the wood in that direction. Uh, it's a ship. You can't just go on the outside of a ship and start drilling screws through the wood into the hull of the ship because the water will follow the screw. But they had to get that wood bent in the right direction. And here it says, if you receive that instruction, it's going to incline your ear. It's going to bend you in the right direction. But this next one is even more understanding. Again, what we're doing is we're taking ideals here and building them, bouncing them, comparing them, and, and then causing them to, to say the same thing a different way. It says, apply thy heart to understanding. Now, if you've ever worked with a child, you need to apply yourself. You're just sitting there staring into space. You ever heard that, Philip? Uh, you know, that's a problem that we all have. You've got to take the energy and do something with it. It's apply thy heart. Anybody ever collect stamps? You have the little stamp hinges and you moisten them and you put them in the book in the right place. Well, you just applied the stamp. Well, why don't you take your heart and stick it in the right place? Amen? I mean, that's what it's talking about here. Apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge. Now, Jason is just starting to talk. If you know Jason, if there's something going on, ladies in the nursery, if you're handing out treats to someone else, Jason is going to lift up his voice. He is going to cry after goldfish or whatever it is that happens to be there at the table if we're passing around the pepper or the seasonal or, or something else. I'm you know. If we could lift up our voice, you know what it does? It draws attention to us. How many of you have done without something because you weren't willing to yell loud enough to get it? Hmm? We've all missed out on things. Uh, don't miss out on wisdom. Be willing to embarrass yourself to get some knowledge. It's going to take some effort or you're not going to get it. It's going to take some personal embarrassment. It's going to take some attention being drawn to you. It says, yea, if thou criest after knowledge, if thou lifteth, liftest up thy voice, 
for understanding. If thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. I mean, so, so many stories about people searching for treasures. You know, they're still searching for Captain Kidd's treasure. But let me tell you what happens to the pirate's treasure. They get it today. They spend it tomorrow. You know where Captain's Kid treasure is? It's spread all over the West Indies, and it's been there for hundreds of years, and you're never going to find it. Listen. If we would search for God's word as much as with as much effort as some of these people search for bottle deposits up and down the streets, uh, it never ceases to amaze me how many empty bottles or cans you can get in a broken down baby carriage. You ever seen that? And I, I saw one guy had a shopping cart several years ago. He would come rattling up the street every morning. And he had that shopping cart full, and he had the biggest garbage bags you could find, five or six of them all around the side of it. I mean, he, he looked like a car moving up the sidewalk. But you know what? He's trying to get that treasure. A nickel apiece. We have God's treasure. And we won't reach forth to get it. I wonder how many people went broke trying to win that $500 million this past week. Oh. The curse that people bring upon themselves. But if you would search, if you would put forth your ultimate effort, if you would understand that your entire life's energy would be well expended if you could just latch a hold of wisdom. And that everything that can be gained in life can be lost for a lack of wisdom and understanding. We're not talking about losing your salvation here. But how many people are going to miss heaven? By the skin of their teeth, we might say. They're going to be so close. Every time I talk about that subject, I think of karma. Some of you remember karma, the Buddhist monk that visited us for about six months. I'll tell you what, he could explain salvation. He knew what the Bible said. And yet he refused it. Why? Because he wasn't searching for true wisdom and knowledge. He was trying to add God's knowledge to what he already had. It doesn't work that way. You must forsake everything you have to get it. And the getting of it is... All that you need. There are rewards. Look at verse 5. Then. Now that little word then is important. It denotes a sequence. 
you're not going to get what's in verse 5 until you've done verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. We would like to start in verse 5. Then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I mean, I'd love to be able to start there, but you can't start there. That's where you're going to finish. That's the goal. And until you put forth that effort, until you understand that it is your life struggle to get a hold of wisdom and knowledge and understanding, God's wisdom. And by the way, there are all of those things. There is ungodly wisdom, there is ungodly knowledge, and there's devilish understanding. I mean, it's all out there. Just because it has the right name doesn't mean it's the right contents. It's got to be God's wisdom and God's knowledge. You see, we talk about the fear of the Lord, but you can't understand the fear of the Lord until you've searched for wisdom as for hid treasures. It says, For the Lord giveth wisdom, Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. Now, verse 7, I I wish we could just spend the whole night on here, and we may not get through chapter 2 tonight. We're going to see what happens here, but it says, He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. Have you ever said, I know I've got what I need to solve this problem if I could only find it. Has anybody ever had that problem? I mean, you dealt with something, you know, here around the building. We've been in here long enough that we fixed certain problems. I said, I know I have what I need to fix this problem a special screw or anchoring system or glue or something like that, but I can't find it. It's here somewhere. Well, the idea here is laying up sound wisdom is God is putting a storehouse of wisdom for you that will be available when you need it. If you had to carry around in your head everything that you would ever need to know, your head would be so big you wouldn't be able to lift it up. Amen? Uh, You don't have to have everything at one moment. God says, listen, I'm laying up sound wisdom for the righteous. You stay in that path of righteousness. And when you get to this point and you need this, it's going to be there for you. I love the funny story they tell about Brother Seitler, a great preacher in in, uh, South Carolina many years ago. And uh, he was sick and in the hospital. And they told him he was dying. And one of his preacher friends came to visit and said, Brother Seitler, I hear it's pretty bad. And he says, yeah. He said, they, they, they're not, uh, not sure about some things. And he said, I've always preached that the grace of God was going to be there when it was time to die. He said, the only problem is I'm afraid. He says, what are you saying, Brother Seitler? He said, don't you see it, man? I don't have dying grace. I'm not going to die. And he didn't. He got better and preached many more years before he finally went home with the Lord. 
You see, the Lord layeth up sound wisdom. It's there if you're walking in the paths of righteousness. It says he is a buckler for them that walk uprightly. How many of you know what a buckler is? Oh yeah, I got one of those on my belt, right? No, that's not what a buckler is. A buckler is a shield. A protection. You know, many times in the battlefield, you have the archers shooting with the arrows. It will be your shield that will protect you from those things. You can't always be watching in every direction. It says he is a buckler. He's a shield. He's a protection. So he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He's that storehouse of wisdom. He is the shield to them that walk uprightly. Now look at verse 8. It builds upon this. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Now you'll notice the idea of keeping here is hedging in, is protecting. He keeps the paths of judgment. God is continually making sure that those paths are true and state, uh, straight, and he preserveth the way of his saints. It's interesting. It doesn't say the ways of his saints. It says the way of his saints. Because Jesus said, I am the way. There's only one way to walk in. You can't have your truth or your understanding when you get to the word of God. You've got to have his understanding. That's why you had to search for it as for silver and for hid treasures. And God is doing all of these things. And then thou shalt, there's that then again, thou shalt understand righteousness. You know, one of the reasons we live in such a wicked society is because people don't understand righteousness. They just have no clue. In fact, I've heard people call wickedness righteousness and righteousness wickedness. I mean, they've got it all confused. They've got it all turned around. Why? Because they don't understand. They're not going to God to get the standard. They don't understand righteousness. Judgment. What do you hear when you get real true judgment today? That's not fair. Why are you giving him a ticket, not uh, giving me a ticket, not giving him a ticket? I mean, everything. People don't understand judgment. Equity. That's gone. There is no such thing as equity in our society today. Every good path. God has some good paths for you to walk in. But if you're not understanding what's good, you're not going to get there. You're going to walk right past the best things that God has for us. And, and this is the struggle of the relationship with God is trying to get his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding. 
When we will do that, we're going to understand the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Back to chapter 1. You see, we go on to chapter, uh, to verse 10. It says, when wisdom entereth into thine heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. Discretion shall preserve thee. Understanding shall keep thee. Now we're moving into a new section here in verse 10. We have the effort required, verses 1 through 4, the rewards of wisdom. Now we're going to deal with the ongoing blessings that happen for expending the effort to get wisdom. It's not just a one-time thing. It is a repeated thing. It says, when wisdom entereth into thy heart. You know, physically, heart problems are one of the biggest things that we face. Spiritually, too. What is God's cure for heart problems? Wisdom. It's got to get into your heart. That's the only place your desires can be changed and the passions of your life and the things that you really want. Uh, years ago, we had a young lady visit our church. She got saved and baptized. And she says, when I open my heart to God, heavy metal music comes out. I said, no, that can't be true. Because God didn't put that there. Wisdom tells us that filthy rock and roll music, heavy metal music, is not something God wants to use to bring praise to His name. Wisdom has got to get into your heart to change those things. Some of you may be old enough to remember this stupid song, You Light Up My Life. Does anybody remember that song? Oh, that was so sweet. It was written by quote-unquote, a Christian. and How many of you really know the words? In the last phrase, it can't be wrong when it feels so right. Let me tell you something. It surely can be wrong. You see, wisdom has got to enter into your heart or you're going to follow your desires instead of God's truth. It says, when knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. You know, there are some people that just absolutely despise someone trying to help them out. You ever met anybody like that? Could I just give you a little information here that will help you? No, I don't want it. Do it my way. Okay. It says, when knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul. If you want to get through life, you're going to have to let someone, those someones that God puts in your way, help you get knowledge. You can't get it all on your own. It's got to happen the Bible way. When you do these things, wisdom Entereth into thy heart, knowledge is pleasant to thy soul. 
Discretion shall preserve thee. You'll know when to be quiet and when to open your mouth. You'll know when to say no. And that's what discretion is. It says, and understanding shall keep thee. I think of the old castles. They're walled about and and the armies would come and attack them. Do you know what the the most fortified part of the castle was called? It's called the keep. You know why? Because you were safe in the keep. Understanding will protect you from the snares of the devil, the tricks that are laid there. You know, you don't need to play mind games in order to be protected. You need to have understanding so that you can step around and over the snares that are laid for you. There's two people that you need to be delivered from. And we're going to have to move very quickly through this passage in in verse... Uh, 12, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man. Skip down with me to verse 16, to deliver thee from the strange woman. Now, I want you to go back to verse uh, 12. Look what it says here, to deliver thee from the way of evil man, of the evil man, from the man that speaketh froward. That word is actually froward, not forward. Froward means perverse. It means wrong things. But look down at verse 16. To deliver thee from the strange woman, even the stranger which flattereth with her words. Let me tell you, the first thing that the devil is going to use to try to ensnare you is words. What did the devil say to Eve through the snake? Yea, hath God said, isn't that froward? You know, after Eve sinned, she looked at Adam, said, you need one of these to make you like I am. Flattery. There, It's there. It's today, as well as it is through all human history, you don't go anywhere until somebody's talked to you about it first. Now, isn't that true? They leave the paths, and you can read through the rest of this. The evil man leaves the paths of righteousness. Let's just take a walk over here. It's a little more exciting in this road. Well, the paths of unrighteousness may be more exciting, but that's not a good thing, let me tell you. It says here, they froward in their paths. That's verse 15, the last verse of the wicked man, whose ways are crooked, and they froward in their paths. That's being used as a verb. It means to make perverse. If we go back to the beginning of the chapter, you've got to incline or bend your ear unto wisdom or you're going to be froward. You're going to be bent 
the other way, as you take a step away from God out of the paths of righteousness, that's why you can't go with certain people. You just cannot be in certain places. It's going to influence you whether you want to admit it or not. Then we get to our summary. Verse 20, that thou mayest walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut off from the earth and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. Isn't that interesting, the word that is used there, rooted out. If you've ever had to take care of a lawn, you get weeds, dandelions, and Johnson grass, and all of those things growing in your lawn. grows right up with the good grass, no matter how good a sod or whatever you order, you're going to have weeds in there. Now, you can go around and pull the weed off, but how many of you know some dandelions have roots nearly two feet deep? Can you imagine that? Two feet. The only way you can dig up that root all of the way is to kill your entire lawn. But it says that God's going to root out the wickedness, the wicked. He's going to dig down and he's going to pull them out. He's going to, they make a weed killer now that actually goes down into the ground and finds that root. I don't know how it works. Maybe there's tiny little robots in there or something. Uh, but you sprinkle it right on that weed and that poison goes all the way down and it kills the root. You know what? That weed never comes back. And this is what's going to happen. It always looks like the transgressors are winning now, doesn't it? The evil way is the best. And they, they always get, it seems they're always ahead. And let me tell you something. God is going to take care of this thing. He's going to dig this place up. That's what the book of Revelation is all about. He's going to overturn a lot of earth. He's going to pull those roots way out. He's going to get the whole thing. Then he's going to have his kingdom. There will be no wicked in it. What a day that will be. Amen. You want to be delivered from the evil man and the evil woman. Strange woman is what the Bible says. It says that none go unto her return unto the paths of life. You've got to start by desperately seeking for truth, for wisdom today. Or you'll be lost when the hour of temptation comes. It is a life and death struggle. Every effort you have must be expended. Or you will lose that which God has for you. It's not a secondary thing. It's not just something that I'll do when I have chance. It's something that I must expend my life's energy on or I'll never get there. Wouldn't it be awful to stand before God and say, well, God, I just really never understood all these things. And God says, well, yeah, that's right. You never spent the time. 
you had too much effort trying to understand how to invest in the stock market and compete with your wicked friends and all of these other things. I wish you'd spend a little bit of time trying to lay a hold of wisdom because I'd have given it to you. Amen? Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. We ask that you would do your work and Lord, that we...